Pursuit of Podcast, a purely guest-centric show focusing on people and organizations that advance positive change. Positivity can be anywhere, and in a time of vast discord, the pursuit of is finding those who champion its causes loudest. Join us as we sit and learn about the pursuits of local leaders in their community. Let's go. Hello, good people, and welcome to the Pursuit of Podcast, where it's truly not us, it's you. I'm Ryan Buck, Artist Development, New Leonard Media. With me is the boss, Mark Wilson, President, New Leonard Media. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. It's nice out. The I'm sun really, is I'm out. I'm going to go for a jog, that actually. That is well too much about us. I'm embarrassed, actually. More importantly, our guest today is Carrie Willie, Executive Director at Traverse City Track Club. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I, and thank you for allowing us to get your name correct and get all the stuff five by five so we don't start off on the wrong foot. And if you don't mind, I, we've started asking a question at the top that we've liked, and I want to kind of start with this and see where it goes with you. So imagine you're at an event. It could be business, social, a party. We're doing that again. Let's say you're at a party and somebody comes up and just says, what do you do? You know, that's just one of those questions. What's that answer? What's the party answer? What do you do? Well, I am the executive director of the Traverse City Track Club, and that means a lot of things. Um, it includes, you know, doing programming and events for runners and walkers, and it's also a big piece of our mission is our charitable giving. We do a scholarship and grant program, and we also happen to put on a pretty significantly sized event on Memorial Day weekend, which is the Bayshore race weekend with the marathon, half marathon, and 10K. Well, okay. So you said a lot there. I you did. said a lot that <laughs> that people could recognize here if, if you're from here, maybe if you're not. So Bayshore pops up, charitable giving. So let's say you have a little semicircle around you at the party now. That was enough to get things going. What kind of questions do you normally get? And are they good ones? A big question I get is, is that a full-time job? <laughs> I Okay. May I? I can't believe how often that is the answer to that question on this show. Really? I, just now I have goosebumps because that is a commonality that keeps coming up. Wow. Wait, you can pay your bills doing that, please. <laughs> yes, that that's correct. That's a question I get quite often. And I'm just over two months into the job and I've <laughs> been asked it a few times. Um, but yes, it, it is a full-time job and then some. So that's the answer. <laughs> Initially, were you surprised that that was a question you got or were you prepared for that? I was a little surprised. Really? But then I started understanding, well, you know, maybe we've got to do a little bit of a better job telling our story. I don't know. <laughs> you oh, know? Okay. Well, I didn't want to sashay this into maybe an indictment in your messaging <laughs> because you, as you said, two months into the job. But, you know, that that party question, you know, maybe the better question that we should be asking is what makes you happy and then get into what do you do? But that's the question. Right. And it's very clear that this makes you happy because I'm seeing your reaction. So what do you say to people who struggle to see running as something you do maybe more than potentially to lose weight or when somebody's chasing you? How do you explain running as a community to somebody who just can't even come to terms with that? Yeah, I for me running just provides so much in my life in terms of the social aspect. Some of my best friends are people that I run with, but also from like a just a way to get away and kind of noodle through some things on your own in your own time. 
and then you know the physical benefits and I, I just think it's running has given more to me than I could ever give back to it but if there's a way that I could give back a little bit by being you know in this position for the track club I'm gonna sure try Right. Well, you mentioned it, it's a community. You talked about how you've made connections and it's given something to you, you know, running related, you know, what could it give to you more than more than that? You know, what what surprised you about your journey in this? You know, one thing that surprised me in my I've I've been a lifelong runner. I started probably when I was in middle school and then followed my because you had to or because you wanted to I remember was it, you know, you had to do track in school and you liked it, or did you find yourself moved towards it? Well, we definitely had. I don't know if you guys remember the presidential mile, where like the we had to. And Min- I grew up in Minnesota, and we had to do the fitness yeah. test. Yes, yeah. yes. And like, so there definitely was that component where I do remember that. Do you yes. remember that? Yes, and there was that component, and also we had a you know a cross country program at the school I went to, a small school, and I chose to join it. I also there was a little bit of that younger sister mentality where my older sister was doing it, so I was like, oh, I'm going to try it. And so interesting. she did cross country and track. So I tried cross country and track, but little known fact, I, basketball was actually my first love. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Okay. You can do both. Yes. Yes. Because, well, what advantages are there to being a fast and agile <laughs> basketball player <laughs> where you told to slow down at times? <laughs> Do they have to weight you down? Never I would say told to slow down. Speed, yeah, speed. <laughs> And on the running spectrum, I'm probably more of an endurance person than a speed person. So I could I could make it through like a full basketball game. Nice. That, that definitely helped. Well, you've been here three years. You've been in this role a shorter amount of time. But at this point, what aspects of this community are most inspiring for you to talk about? I, if I can tell a little story, Please. I remember the first time that I visited Traverse City. My husband and I were visiting and I I went for a run along Grand Traverse Parkway along the West Bay. And then I somehow found my way back on Lee Lanau Trail out a few miles into the woods. And I came back and I remember coming back in the hotel room and telling my husband, this place is special. Like just the setting and the the lake and then going into the woods and that feeling of just being part of nature. And then on top of that, all the people that were out running, walking, biking on the trail it was just inspiring to me. And of all ages and abilities, it did not matter. It just ran the spectrum. And I moved from a location that had a strong trail system and active culture, but this just felt just a little different. Fascinating. So you noticed, and maybe this is because of your professional trajectory, you you noticed the things around you. You noticed that there were people enjoying what we have here. But you notice that people of all abilities, um, if I may hone in on that, um, there, there are, are barriers to many people in physical activity, and, and that's being addressed more, I think, and, and a lot in this community. We see it on the show a lot, addressing, removing barriers. So what kind of barriers are, are things that really bother you when, when you see you know, barriers to being physical and, and, and to these kind of things? What kind of barriers are there that you see that are, need to be addressed at times? I think sometimes there can be this misunderstanding that to be involved in a running club or in any type of group activity where there's um, exercise that you have to 
be at a certain level, be in certain shape or look a certain way. And I think that's absolutely not true. I think that you can come just wherever you are and, and start where you are. We, as a track club, we, you know, we're, we're technically called a running club, but we welcome walkers and runners. And in fact, at our fun weekly fun runs, we have a group of walkers that come and they start a little earlier and they still join with the group at the end. And it's awesome. So I think, I think if we, as a running industry as a whole, I think if we can do a better job of portraying and showing, you know, people like to see people that look like them enjoying different events. If we can do a better job of kind of showing that, I think we'd be in a better place. Wow. Well, you received your bachelor's in housing studies from the University of Minnesota, your master's in public administration from Hamline University, and your career trajectory has followed suit kind of harmoniously, which is interesting because you seem to have done some things that you went to school for. So as early as you can recall, for you, what was the dream, the plan, and the reality? It's funny because I, at one point, I thought I wanted to be a like a high school phi ed teacher, physical education teacher, okay. because sports were such a big part of my life and being phys- physically active mm-hmm. and health and wellness. And then my, yeah, my trajectory started changing. I also knew I had an interest in city planning, historic preservation and, and that type of thing. And Two so, kind of different arenas. Extremely different <laughs> arenas. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think I changed Did that my- city planning love come <laughs> organically? Because it seems not like a young person's pursuit right away. It was Everybody's talking about, you know, the new movie out. And you're like, you know what? I think we could probably spread out this housing complex a little better. (laughs) No, I didn't didn't leave kindergarten thinking, I want to be a city planner. (laughs) That'd be amazing. You know, that particular, uh, you know, parent conference day when they (laughs) said what they do and the one kid's dad or mom was a city planner. And you're like, that's me. Not really. No, no. That definitely came about organically through different, you know, classes that I was exposed to and an internship, actually, that I had during college. And that kind of led towards that trajectory. Specifically, I had a big interest. I'd mentioned historic preservation Mm -hmm. and architecture. And so I had started looking at pursuing an architecture degree. And that's when I discovered city planning and community development and economic development. So that's what kind of led me over to that that arena. Okay. So they they are similar. Yeah. One may be more artistic. One is more practical and pragmatic. And does that fit with your type A personality? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so, (laughs) so good fit. And so there were things that you were passionate about, you pursued them and you were successful. Is that a good summation up to a point? Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So I can just say it looks like you were very successful and you've accomplished some really amazing things. You're experienced at economic development, city planning, community development. How how much of those skills are going into kind of what you're doing now? Because I have to think a lot of them do. Well, it's, you know, it's kind of funny because when I heard that this position was opening up and that the previous executive director was retiring. I mentioned it to my husband and his first response was, well, you're going to apply for that, aren't you? And I thought, oh, I I guess I will. (laughs) Um, I think he just saw like that is just melding your your professional background and experience with like your passion, your personal love for running and being active. And so he saw this first. 
I, essentially. I, I or, guess I, I should give him credit. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he knows you well enough to, I think that's wonderful mm-hmm. to say, this looks like a good fit for you. That's a good team. It is, yeah, it is. It is. I should probably thank him for that. <laughs> you can. You can do it <laughs> yeah, here officially if you want to. But <laughs> so uh, some of those skills that that may that seems kind of next level. Honestly, I'm sure that they were thrilled to see your pedigree and go, "Wow, this is somebody interested in helping us." I I think that yes, I think that the board knows that each organization has different phases that they go through, and that. They're now, so I replaced who was the first paid executive director for the track club, which that was a big deal for that organization to go from a volunteer working board to hiring a, a full-time staff person. And then I am the second person to fill that role. And so we're just, they're just, the track club as a whole and the board was at this transition point and recognized okay, maybe there's some opportunities here for our organization, including looking at updating our strategic plan. So I think they focused on, you know, looking to fill that position with, you know, someone that maybe has some experience with those pieces. Right. Well, that was a very modest way of saying that. And I'm going to take that (laughs) further and say, this is a business. A a lot of myths are dispelled, you know, and a big one on this show is the myth of a nonprofit. So it is a business. Things have to happen. It's an organization. You have a a lot of members. You have a lot under your purview, even if you go to the website and look at all the programs. Yes, that's right. And that's maybe one of those things, like you mentioned, could be a myth or misunderstanding that we, yeah, we have, last year we ended the year with over 800 members. And that's a lot of responsibility. You have a lot of people that you're um, trying to help and trying to help them reach goals or whatever that might be. And you put on a lot of programs and events. And then on top of that, we are lucky enough that we have the Bayshore Marathon that we put on that not all running clubs have an awesome, popular event like that that brings in thousands of people to their community. And so we we definitely recognize that and don't take that for granted that yeah. we we have this awesome opportunity. Right. You mentioned the the first executive director for for the organization, and she's somebody who has a long history with it, going back to the '80s. So that was probably pretty thrilling to have that knowledge. What were the key questions that you needed to ask her? I I am still asking her, and I will continue. And she is to still be part of the organization, her. so I didn't want to say. <laughs> oh, of course. But like, what were the things you needed to know from her, from her voice? You know, I really wanted to hear what do you think are the strengths of this organization and where what do you think are the key pieces? And she definitely, you know, it's it's the members and it's and it's our charitable giving. Our we are so proud of those pieces and we can't talk about it enough. Um and then I of course would have to ask also, you know, what are the opportunities too? What are we what could we be doing differently and yeah. focusing on? Well, you, you talked about charitable giving and and I'm I'm very fascinated by history. You look at the website and the origin of the Traverse City Track Club is really unique to me. And I'm just going to read just a little bit of the start and, and we're going to extrapolate this a little bit. So the Traverse City Track Club started in 1962 with a small group of running enthusiasts coming together each week to see how fast and far they could run. That sounds like a very masculine thing to be doing. You look at the photo, mostly gentlemen. I mean that's key for the time. That sounds like a very competitive, and that's not 
specific to gender, but that sounds like, a, and now obviously today it's much more diverse and there's so many individuals involved. Is it important to you to look at history at all? And, and what kind of, what do you, you take from history or does it not really pay to look back? I definitely love to look to history and in so many aspects. I had mentioned I love historic preservation um, from a built environment standpoint. I have always been fascinated by that, even since a child. And even from a personal family history standpoint, I'm one of those people who likes to look up like um, genealogy and ancestry records. Yeah. And if I had more time, I would love to dig in that more. Maybe when my kids have graduated high school and are off because you have two (laughs) and they're pretty young still at this point right yeah they're yeah four and a half and almost two years oh my goodness okay yeah i was raised by a genealogist oh we gotta talk (laughs) can secret publication predates the the interwebs and so i I grew up collating family trees that got people subscribed to and we would send off and then Oh, yeah. we need we need to yeah, do a podcast yeah, on yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, he's right. Yeah. It it that yeah that fascinates me. I I love knowing where we've been, where we've been as a family, as a, as an individual, where where your roots are, where you come from, and also as an organization, because I really think that can help steer you and help you understand where you're going to go in the future. Right. I, I've just I've always felt that just. Inside. Do you find that ever in business that rooting in tradition and innovation can become adversarial concepts? That's the other thing. Yes, I think I think they can. And I think there's an opportunity, though, if you look at your traditions that maybe didn't serve you so well, they can help push you in the right way to and be more innovative. Right. Some people have a problem with hearing, well, this is how we've always done it. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people yeah. say those are the most dangerous words in business. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting balance. Traverse City is an area that has a lot of history and a lot of legacy organizations, but innovation is the buzzword of the time. So I find it fascinating how individuals like yourself balance that to honor that in your new and how do you position yourself in that way, you know, to be seen as a part of the organization but you're still a leader. Right, because you, you want to respect the history and the individuals that have put so much time and effort into that certain thing and, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. And it's mostly usually always done with the right intentions. And you also want to honor and know that there's the future of the organization and you want to steer it in that direction and also appeal to the maybe people that haven't been involved in the past or the younger generations that are going to come, you know, come in the future. Yeah, that's wonderful. And maybe history is a way to to get young people involved because I found that younger individuals, especially in this community, are a little more engaged in what's going on in their community because it's smaller and because, yes, there's a lot of information at, at one time, but this sense of community helps with young people, which is a focus for you. Yes, and it's what... We're hearing just at running industry conferences and and different things that I'm reading is that younger generation is looking to be involved in events and organizations that have some type of method of giving back. And so we we're trying, you know, to tell that story that we we focus on that and that is part of our mission. And so, we are hoping that we can appeal to that that group that is looking for that. You're finding that that is uplifting to young people. Is is that that giving back component? I 
think that that's wonderful to hear. Yeah, that's what that's what we're hearing. Yeah, through the through the running industry, and especially when they're looking at like specific events, like if they're looking for to be involved in something. It may not necessarily some, of course, there's a competitive piece that they they may not be looking to get their next personal record at a race. But if they see that there's like a charitable giving partnership there, they might be a little bit more inclined to participate in that. That could be a difference maker yeah. because with with youth in our community, there are a lot of pulls for, for their time. There could be sports, there could be video games, it could be they're in an after school program because their parents have to work or because there's a meal involved and. You know, so you're providing sometimes service in a way for for families. I, I think if you look an, at it that way, yeah, I think yeah, I think you can look at it that way. And there's opportunity to look into that even further. We this year was the first year that we formally had a youth membership category. Kids could always join, but we actually formally made a category of it, and it's a it's a cheaper rate than our adult membership. And so, and we've seen. A good amount of interest in that. And even at our, some of our, especially our community races, we see, you know, a high interest in that as well. Amazing. Giving. We, we interact with a lot of individuals and organizations doing a lot of good. Look at a lot of websites and a lot of information about organizations doing good. And you are clearly community and giving focused. You look at the website and it's interesting at the top, community is the first thing and giving is the first thing you can click on, right? Top left. And under that, you have charitable gifts, you have scholarships, you have the Golden Shoe Fund, you have a Healthy Schools Initiative. And there's a lot of information under there. So was that always the case in the organization, speaking of history? Is this this giving focus? And where do you see it going? I, you know, like most programs, it's been ever-evolving. But ever since, I would say, the, <clears throat> the track club as a whole saw this opportunity, especially through the Bayshore Marathon, and as it grew in popularity, they saw an opportunity that we are being so supportive by our community and the people around us that are coming to do this event. Like we, we want to give back, and so there was a lot of work done with partner organizations where there was planned giving, and then it, you know, turned into or morphed into like a formalized grant program and formalized scholarship program sure. as well. So, and you have programs that give to other organizations that give back. Yes. In fact, our newest event, which is going to help happen on June 10th called Loop the Lake, and it will be following the Boardman Lake Loop Trail right. that was completed last summer. We we're so excited. It's been a long time in the making yes. um, from a completion of the trail standpoint and also from the actual race happening. But we're really excited that that's going to be happening on June 10th. And all proceeds from that race will go back to the Tart Trails. Amazing. And you mentioned partners, Tart Trail. What when you're looking and I know it's a little early, but, you know, you have a lot of experience. What do you look for in a partner? What are tenants of a partner that are critical for you? I think first and foremost, definitely if their missions somewhat align with our mission mm -hmm. uh, is definitely something that we want to take a look at. And and there's a lot of, and that's the same thing with, you know, when we're looking at our grant programs, as well as our even our scholarships to our to individuals is, you know, are they showing that they align with what our mission is? And, you know, can we see, you know, that partnership going forward? And there isn't, hopefully, you're finding a shortage of those kind of opportunities because looking at this opportunity and seeing your analytical and business mind, you had to be factoring all the all those considerations. So were, were the, all the stars aligned 
in that regard for you to be like, I can make this difference here? Yes, I think so. I, yeah, I felt like, yeah, there's a way that I can bring in my personal experience and some of the skills that I've been able to gain and be lucky enough to obtain over the years and, and then merge it with this passion of running that I've had for most of my life. It's like, oh, Well, you were the economic development manager in Maple Grove, Minnesota, which is the 11th most populous city in Minnesota, which is astounding. And this is, you know, for perspective, right? And you look at the kind of things that an economic development manager has to do in that city. There's more retail in any other city, I think, second to the Mall of America, which is, is huge. Cisco lives there. So the the originator of the thong song Former Governor Jesse Ventura. So this is where you'd come from. You had led things like that. Are there any anecdotal things from times like that that you brought in in the interview process? I'm always curious as to, you know, when somebody looks at a big thing like that, (laughs) what did you have to, because that's not a small feat. You know, somebody may say a a little town in Minnesota, but that's not not small potatoes. Well, Cisco and Jesse Ventura did not come up in my interview process. They didn't? But no, they didn't. You didn't just have the thong song <laughs> no, in the I background didn't. for ambience? I didn't, I didn't come walking okay. in with it on my shoulder. I may but... not have brought it up either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's a podcast, so we can. We're having a little more fun. Um, Should be points against them for not being <laughs> Yeah. Did they research you properly? Yeah. <laughs> But did you did you draw on any of that in in that in that process? Did did anybody hone in on any of those things and say what did you do to bring anything like that here? Just for people listening, how to interview for these high level positions? I think there was definitely a chance to make like those those connections and the crossovers where there's similarities, especially in like the the skill set that you use in that type of position, especially like relationship building. I, that's so important and any position but you kind of sometimes it can get forgotten when it's under the list of like you have your to-do list 10 items long and it's like that's probably the most important piece and especially when you're working in economic development community development and you know you have to have a trust with other people and it's the same way with with working with a nonprofit organization right sure and a a membership-based nonprofit organization is you know definitely sure and there, there is a membership component. There's other, there's so many different ways people can engage. So if somebody's new, somebody's a little timid, aside from maybe talking to somebody who's already a member or a part, what's the best way to even get started? We love to promote and encourage people to attend our weekly fun runs. I think that gives people a really good sense of the track club and the sense of community and the fun that we have. We hold them weekly, Wednesday nights, 6.30 p.m., and they change around town. We usually start at a local brewery, and there's a three- or five-mile option, walk or run, any pace, and you can end if you want. You can socialize afterwards at the establishments, and it's just a a really good time. And we usually, we don't embarrass new people, but we do ask if anybody's new because we want other people to give a chance to say hello and go up and, and welcome them. You don't have to be a member, but I think it just gives a good feel for our organization and how welcoming people right. are and how much fun we have. And you're starting at a, at a local brewery. So, you know, supporting the community. If anybody is feeling like maybe it's not the time, they can just go back on in and maybe yeah. try it again. But that's that sense of community you're talking about to try to, because even the words fun run, some people are being like, what's fun about that? 
So you have to kind of deal with that. You exactly. know, it is it is marketing. It's a brand, but mm -hmm. individuals who just can't see past the run. Right. So you need to keep showing. And in the videos are that there's a video on the site specifically that really shows that part of it. But is that going to continue to be a struggle even in a small community like ours? Yeah, I mean, I think we do need to look at it as an organization, our storytelling and our, our branding and is, is there a way to look at it a little differently? I think there's definitely opportunities because I think it can be intimidating for anyone to show up to a new something, whether it's an a, event where there might be a lot of people that they, especially if they don't know anyone. I mean, that, there's always opportunities, I think, to, yeah, look at that a little differently. Right. And the fact that it sounds like it's welcoming. Yeah. It isn't, it's not intimidating regardless of your skill level and you can improve. You can, this is something that you can start at a level. And if you'd like to with support, you can reach goals because this is a goal oriented sport. This is a goal oriented endeavor. There's a lot of people I see who are very intense. Yes. I love to say that runners are just the best people because they generally are very welcoming, whether you're at a weekly fun run that happens every week or you're at a race that you've never been at in your life and you're lining up and, you know, people will just talk to you. They'll encourage you when you're getting to the finish line, you're struggling. There's always somebody there that, you know, whether you've met them or not. And also, yes, there's goals and it can be goals. It doesn't necessarily have to be you're trying to reach a personal record in the marathon. It could just be that you're just trying to finish your first 5k and, that's a goal in itself, or you're trying to get out and run your first mile. And if we can help people reach that goal, we, we would love to. Is it difficult to compartmentalize if you have to, or just understand and balance the needs between the, the serious competitive runner and the casual runner when it comes to events and things to make it fun for everybody? It can be challenging sometimes. There's definitely opportunities there. It's like any organization when you're trying to you know, appeal to the masses and get your different compartments of, or categories, I guess, of, of members, because there's definitely, it runs the gamut from your social member who's just looking to maybe walk, which is awesome, to those that are, they're kind of in it to, you know, just stay in shape to those that are, meet a fitness goal or a, I should say a wellness, health and wellness goal to those people that are very competitive and they are trying to get a yeah, PR. I mean, there are some people who yeah. have bucket list things that they're doing. They're really trying to complete a hundred half marathons in a yes. lifetime. And so you imagine like, get out of my way because I got something to do, but it's clearly a community that's understanding. You don't have to deal with that kind of thing too no. much, but you're aware and that there yes. are different goal levels and everybody's got a place. And we try to offer enough programs and events where no matter where you fall on that spectrum, you can find what you're looking for. Like a fun run. I, there are some people that may run it kind of fast, but it's meant to be fun and at right. a leisurely pace or however you want to make it. But then we do offer races where if you do are working hard for a goal, you can go and try yeah. and accomplish that goal. And we try and even all in one race, we will try and offer that where like it might be a wave start. So the people that are shooting for a really fast pace, they will line up towards the okay, front. Okay. So where... like a progressive start. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That yeah. makes sense. So... And the time can be. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So it's chip time. Yeah. That makes sense. So... Oh, wait, that's the terminology? Chip time. Chip yes. time. So each runner has their bib and there's a little electronic chip 
on okay, I didn't know that. The bib. Yes. Sound pretty ignorant here. So, so and old. Yeah. <laughs> you need to come to Loop the Lake. I think. I, you know, I <laughs> I do. You know, Bayshore Marathon. It's. I mean, being in the hospitality community for a long time, of course, these things are are a delight. So I, I love the fact that we have the Good Fight 5K. Almost all that you do gives back. Bayshore Marathon has has given back over two and a half million dollars to this community. So those aspects of, of of the events, where is your focus right now and what kind of part of your day is focused on the events and do you want to expand? Because they're not easy to put on. <laughs> so where are you at as it relates to events? In terms of events right now, day-to-day focus is definitely ramping up for Bayshore because that is Memorial Day weekend. And then also Loop the Lake, which I mentioned before, which happens on June 10th. And that is our newest event. And to give some perspective, the track club hasn't put on a new event in, oh gosh, it's at least, is it 11 years, I want to say? And that, we didn't even start that. Someone, our previous executive director started that, Lisa Taylor started Farmland 5K on her own. And then when she became executive director, it kind of came with her. So it just gives an idea that when we look at putting on a new event and we say yes to event, we take it very seriously because we want it to be a great event and a great experience for everyone involved. And a lot of times the focus is definitely, and it should be on the participants, but also the spectators, Mm -hmm. the volunteers, our sponsors, the neighborhood, the organizations that are affected. So we, we do put a lot of time and a lot of planning into putting on our events and making sure that they're in safety. And say, yes, um, which one. is, it's not just find a good stretch of road and yeah. start, finish, and we're good. There's so many different things that go into putting these on, so much so that you have dedicated staff to some of the events. So where is your bandwidth as it relates to to these kind of things? Or do you have to kind of put your foot down and stop yourself from working 24 hours a day? Or where does it begin and end? Because you're a runner, by tr- you're never stopping. <laughs> By definition, there's a little bit of a fine line between your personal and professional life. Yeah, there's a little bit. And that goes back to when I say marrying my passions with my professional experience. And so, yeah, sometimes you got to check in a little bit and make sure. But we do utilize independent contractors to help put on mm-hmm. almost all of our events because we we wouldn't be able to do it without it. So my focus can hopefully, for the most part, stay with, you know, I'm serving the membership and my board and the high level things and like updating our strategic plan, for instance. But right. there is definitely some day to day, especially when we're getting a new event going. Right. Because we want to make sure that our track club brand is staying with the entire planning of the event. In branding, that's a sometimes a dirty word, right? As it comes into play with giving and but it's a reality. And if you look, there's merchandise. I was driving last night and I saw a lot of runners with the, so serendipitously, yes. I saw the the shirts and, you know, that seemed kind of nice, but it is a thing that has to happen and it's important, right? Would you say that, you know, you're as an organization are very proud of the brands that you've created with these events? Yes, most definitely. We take a lot of time and pride ourselves that when we put on an event, it is done right. And you can't address every single hiccup that might happen, but we sure try to get it ahead of time and make sure that and provide that level of customer service that people want to see. And with, we actually are the largest running club in Michigan. And with that, 
and putting on the Bayshore event, which the Bayshore Marathon is actually the fastest marathon in Michigan. We produce the most Boston Marathon qualifiers out of any marathon in Michigan. So with that comes... That's a pretty great it's, stat. It's Holy awesome. Cow. Yeah, that it's a very it's and especially this year. Side note, with the Olympics coming up, a lot of people are trying to qualify for the Olympic time trials, and so you have to get a certain time in order to just make it to the race to try and qualify for the Olympics for really? the three spots. And so we are working hard to get sanctions so that our we have some fast runners that are coming this year, and they are gunning for that time. And so with that comes opportunities and some, we just want to make sure that we're doing it right and doing a good job. What a fascinating element of this world, knowing that producing these high level athletes and, and competitors in a very significant event. Yeah. I mean, Bayshore definitely has a reputation for being fast and flat, except the half marathon has a bit of a hill at the beginning just to... And does it attract, what's the farthest guest who's who's come to participate? Is that a stat that you have or just to give perspective as to to who We get participants nationwide. I don't, I couldn't give you a stat on the farthest. But there is a, I mean, people come from all over. Definitely the biggest poll is from Michigan in the Midwest for sure. But yes, we do get people nationwide. That's wonderful. Traverse City is a great place to come in Memorial Day weekend, so Correct. I mean, it's awesome that we have that. <laughs> and you're talking about this now. You've talked about this in, in various capacities. And again, I'm looking at you. I wish this was a visual medium sometimes because the joy in your face is wonderful. Oh. But you do have a podcast. It's called Run Around Town. What's happening with that? Because we talked about branding and getting the message out, something that you do. How's that going? Are you doing anything with that? That's something we need to take a look at as an organization because there's been a bit of a pause put on it with in the middle of COVID and everything. But I think there's definitely a possibility there to bring that back. Excellent. It's well done. The episodes are on the on the website. Oh, and again, you see people's passion. You hear the passion. And there's a lot of interesting guests. We talked about Tart Trail yes. uh, connection here. So it's a fantastic podcast. And to close out, I'm going to ask you, again, no tricky questions, but your husband is a big fan of college football, Big fan of University of Iowa. Go Hawks. Um, (laughs) Your first date was on Leap Day, which I know you're having trouble celebrating, but did you run on your first date? And how do two runners spot each other for a relationship? And how do you know that you're compatible? (laughs) So did you run on your first date? We did not run on our first date. No, we actually met at a bar and restaurant in Northeast Minneapolis. Perfect. For our first date. (laughs) But you um, ran eventually. I mean, how did. T- how did you? How did two runners find or, or I, walkers, comp- com, you know, competitors? How do they find each other? I like to say that he helped make me faster because we would train for this. There's this great event in the Twin Cities called the Twin Cities Ten Mile, and it's the same morning as the Twin Cities Marathon. And we trained and ran that a few times. And if I would train with him, he has a much longer stride than I would. And mm-hmm. I was struggle. I would struggle to keep up with him. And so I just say that he helped make me a faster That runner. helped you. <laughs> wow. Yes. yes. This is, and thank you so much for that candor, because I just think that's fascinating. And I, I don't know if it's important to celebrate first dates, but I'm sorry, you have a challenge every four years. I when, think you can celebrate yeah, your first date. Yeah. Something. That just makes it really extra special when it comes it around is. every four years. It really is. <laughs> Well, how can anybody support 
donate, get involved. There's a lot of ways. What are the best ways to even connect with you if you're open with to that? What are the best? Oh, ways? for sure. I think the best way is to start with our website, tctrackclub.com. And then we have a Facebook page and an Instagram page as well. And we also have some offshoots, like a, a specific page for Bayshore Marathon. But yes, that's the best way to find us and get a hold of us. And yeah, we love to chat and talk and talk to people that are interested in joining and... Yeah. Or support in or support, any way. You can yes. donate through the website. Yes. Um, yes. And find other well. ways to, to support the organization as yes. well. And that's www.tctrackclub.com. And there are some events coming up. Did you want to remind uh, listeners about the events coming up again? Yes. So Memorial Day weekend, the Saturday of Memorial Day, is our Bayshore races. And that includes a 10K, a half marathon, and a marathon, as well as a kids event, which is very fun. There's an opportunity for kids in grades kindergarten through fifth grade to run, walk, hike, 25 miles leading up to the event at different times, of course. And then on Bayshore Marathon Day, they can actually run 1.2 miles and 25 plus 1.2 equals 26.2, a marathon. So they can complete a kids marathon that way. Wow. So we partner with local schools to do that. And so we're, we're very proud of that and being able to bring that back after COVID. And then also we, the Thursday night before of Memorial Day weekend, we are kicking off the event with a, actually a live podcast recording down at the City Opera House with awesome. um, Allie Feller. She is the host of Allie on the Run. It's a world famous running podcast. And Wonderful. we are bringing in Emma Bates, who is a world championship marathoner. And so anyone that wants to can go on to our website and get tickets to that podcast recording. And we're looking at it as a way to kick off the weekend and celebrate just Traverse City community in general, hoping that people that go to the podcast can then go out downtown, have dinner, check out the restaurants and, you know, give back and say thank you to our business community for sharing in the love of our Bayshore weekend. And then also Loop the Lake on June 10th. That's wonderful. You want to say more about June, about the one in June? Oh, sure. Um so Loop the Lake is on June 10th, and that is our inaugural event. It is a four-mile trail race around Boardman Lake. Utilizing... You said this was one of the first new events yes. for you in quite a while, so this is exciting. This is very exciting, and it's very exciting, I think, just for the entire Traverse City area and region with the completion of that trail. We really wanted to look at it as a celebration of the hard work and the persistence and a passion that has gone into the completion of that trail. And so we were hoping to get that the race on the books last summer when the trail was actually completed, but we're still happy that we get the opportunity in June and we're looking for, it's open to runners and walkers alike and registration just opened up and you can get to the registration through our website as well. This has been extraordinary. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your pursuits and to all those pursuing with you, promoting and encouraging health, fitness, family, recreation, and competition for all individuals in our communities and for all you do to give back to the community as well. It's really, really amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It is our pleasure. And to our listeners, thank you all for listening and thank you so much for pursuing the positive. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us again on the Pursuit of Podcast, the Pursuit of Traverse City Track Club. We want to thank Carrie Willie for joining us and sharing her journey in running. And for more information and to check up on events, memberships and programs, and even a volunteer, go to tctrackclub.com. And as always, for all things audio, video, and podcast production related, 
go to newleonard.com.